Would you look please in the scriptures to 1 Corinthians 12, scripture that we've been looking at. And we've been, uh, we've been reading this in the Young's literal translation. And we'll begin in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Young's literal. He says, concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. And uh, it shouldn't be any surprise to us that the thing he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of, (laughs) most of the church is woefully ignorant of this. Not to say we know a whole lot about it, but at least we do talk about it, preach about it. A lot of folks just try to say, all this has been done away with, or they try to make it natural instead of spiritual. Hold your place here and back, just back up a few pages in, in the same book. And of course, all this flows together in the, um, I believe it's the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, I want you to notice this. And really, it helps so much to start at the front of a book like this and read it straight through. This was not written originally in chapter and verse. That was added by men as reference points. It all flows together from the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about spirituality, even in the first chapters of this letter. In the second chapter here, verse 14, he said, The natural man, what? Does not receive. The things of the Spirit of God, for to him they're what? Foolishness. Foolishness. Are there a lot of people today that think speaking in tongues is foolishness? And us talking about working of miracles, gifts of healings, all these other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. Well, they just told off on themselves, didn't they? They're living a limited, natural understanding of life. And are not spiritual. They are spirits, but they're not letting their spirit dominate them. Their intellect, their unspiritual mind is dominating them. And all of us want to watch that that doesn't happen to us. We don't allow that in our own life. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for to him they're foolishness. He's not able to know them because they're what? As opposed to to physically or naturally or mentally. God is not a mind. God is spirit. And God communicates directly to our spirit. And then that illuminates our mind. We are not just mind and body. We're spirit. God's called the father of spirits. And spiritual things are not physically discerned, nor are they mentally discerned. You can't figure them out with your head. It doesn't come, you don't get the revelation of the things of God by intense study and reasoning. It must be revealed to your spirit. That's not the product of your effort. And because of that, you can't take credit for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me read this to you from the Amplified. I like the way it says it in that verse 14, Amplified. It says, the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts, the teachings, revelations of the Spirit of God. For their folly, meaningless nonsense to him, and he's incapable of knowing them. And these brackets are added by the translators. Because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. And I've cautioned you almost every one of these lessons. Beware of a lot of the modern translations. Because the people's, the translators theology is showing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously a lot of them don't speak in tongues. And they don't understand these things. And so they try to make them natural. And they're not natural. But the natural man, what? He doesn't get the spiritual things of God. They're not mentally assessed and figured. They're spiritually discerned. By that, let me me say it another way. You decide to believe it before you understand it. Anybody with me? And if you'll do that, the Spirit of God will reveal it to you. Hallelujah. He'll open your eyes and your ears. But if you want to be haughty and lift up your intellect beside God's, or try to, and say, well, if I can't understand it, it's not real. You'll just live in the dark your whole life. You'll be spiritually blind and deaf and not discern and not hear, not understand. And it'll seem to you like your belief is correct. There is nothing there. I don't see anything there. I don't understand anything there. You're self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) But it's only because you refuse to believe. The psalmist said, unless I had believed to see, I'd have perished. People say, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely not. That is so wrong by nature of what the faith is and everything else. It's not see it, then believe it. It's too late to believe it after you see it. We walk by faith, what? Not. Not by sight. If you see it, it's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Has anybody visited faith school? We got online, we got faith school, we got a few weeks of it now. And so it's there available to you, it won't cost you anything. Need to get enrolled. (laughs) Won't cost you anything. Some time. Some time. But uh, faith pleases the Lord. And it's how we walk and how we overcome and are victorious. Go back with me to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Young's literal. Don't want you to be ignorant of these things, he said. Let's keep reading. Verse 2, you've known that you were nations under these dumb idols. That means non-speaking idols. As you were led being carried away. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one in the Spirit of God speaking says Jesus is anathema. And no one is able to say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always going to glorify Jesus. Always. 
And anybody that says or does anything supposedly by the direction of the Spirit that is disrespectful of Jesus, it was not the Holy Spirit that they're speaking by. That's why he starts off this chapter with this. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts and the same Spirit. Their diversities are differences of ministrations, we might say ministries, and the same Lord. Their diversities of workings, and it's the same God who is working the all in all. That's one reason why I'm reading this translation, because a lot of the others will say, it starts off talking about, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Well, that right away is incorrect. He's not, he's not talking only about gifts. Can you see that? He's talking about gifts and ministries and operations. And the whole chapter is not just about these things either. Half of it's about the body of Christ. So he said, uh, verse 7, to each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit or to benefit. Let's just stop right here. To who? Each. Each of us. We are not supposed to live just a physical, mental life. We're supposed to live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit inside us. And every New Testament church is to have manifestations of the Spirit, these nine that he's about to mention here, these gifts, these operations, these ministries, Every church is supposed to have these happening throughout the people Amen. all the time. Amen. You believe this? Yes. Well, people that don't even believe in it, they're not going to have it. Right. Churches where it's never preached, mm-hmm. they're not going to have it. That's right. And one of the keys to having it is to earnestly desire it. Amen. Right? Yes. How are you going to earnestly desire something you don't even believe is for us today? you believe has passed away. Can you see why the enemy has done this? Because he, oh, I'm telling you, every one of these things are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. When these kind of things are happening, somebody's getting set free. Somebody's getting healed. Somebody's getting delivered. Somebody's getting answers. This is supposed to be happening all through the church. Ongoing. Daily basis. Now they're not all going to happen through the same person. He mentions one this and through a different one this. But when you put us all together. All of them should be happening. Do you believe it saints? Say it out loud. I don't have to. Live a limited life. Just in my body. Just in my mind. I'm a spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside me. I can and I will have manifestations of the Holy Spirit in my life on a regular basis. And it starts with speaking in tongues. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., my, my father in the faith, he said, uh, he noticed this in his own personal life. He said, the more I speak and pray and sing in other tongues, the more of the other 
nine manifestations or I guess eight manifestations of the Spirit I have. He said, the less I speak in tongues, sing in tongues, pray in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. He said, speaking in tongues is the doorway into the rest of the gifts and manifestations. Do you believe that, friends? He, He said that after 50 years of experience. The more I speak in tongues, the more I see these other things. The less I speak in tongues, the less. So if we're serious about seeing more of them, we know something to do right now. Right? If, if we're serious, begin to speak in tongues more. And it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be hard to figure out because James, another place, tells us that our tongue is the bridle and bit. Our tongue is the rudder. We might say it's the steering wheel of our lives. And yielding your tongue to the Spirit goes a whole long ways toward yielding your whole being and your whole life to Him. So uh, there's reasons why it starts with the tongue. They were all filled with the Spirit, and what happened? They spoke. They spoke. That's an indication of fullness and an indication of yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. In fact, let's just pray a prayer along that line, if you're serious about this. Say it out loud, Father God. Father God. Teach me. Teach me. Reveal to me. Reveal to me. How to yield. How to yield. How to fully yield. How to fully yield. And cooperate. And cooperate with your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You believe it's His will? Yes. Well, then expect to get instruction then. Not just tonight, tomorrow, the next day, in life. You'll you'll just see things. Do it like this. Don't do that. We're growing. Let's keep going in in reading this. To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit, to benefit. For to one through the Spirit has been given a word of wisdom. Now here's where a lot of the modern translations will say the gift of wisdom. And that is absolutely wrong. No, it's not God just giving extra wisdom to somebody. That's that's trying to make it natural. All of these are supernatural. All of these are spiritual. A word of knowledge. There are three of these that reveal something. And three of these that do something. And three of these that say something. And all, of course, are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. A word, a word is a fragmentary part of a sentence, is a manifestation of something God knows. Not something you learned out of a book, not something you figured out, something God knows that He showed you, He revealed to you. A word, a word, say it out loud, a word word. of knowledge, knowledge. a word word. of wisdom. How many think you ought not just change up Scripture because you want to say it a different way? You ought to say it the way it's written. A word, not not the gift of wisdom. Do you know why I keep saying that? Because people, have they've changed the word and they've tried to make it something else. Wisdom has to do with knowing how to apply knowledge and understanding, and it also has to do with the future. Wisdom knows what this is going to lead to. 
I do this and then this is going to happen. There is no wisdom in sin. The enemy will show you the fun and pleasure of sin. He won't show you what comes next. Ever. The wages of sin is death. The pleasure is real, but very, very temporary. But wisdom will look at this and go, yeah, my flesh wants to do it. My unrenewed mind wants to do it. But what's going to happen next? Wisdom would say, it ain't worth it. Right? Right? Uh-uh. This this is going to destroy this. This is going to take this away. This is no. And so God sees the end from the beginning. He's the God of wisdom. He's not going to show you all of his wisdom. It blow the top of your head off. But he'll give you what? A word of what you need right now. A word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. Go with me to the book of John. Hold your place here. Go to John chapter 14. Jesus talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit right before he went to the cross. He told the twelve that he was leaving. And it upset them terribly. In fact, they, they began to say, no, no. We're going with you. If we have to die, we're going with you. And he said, no, no, you can't right now. But it's actually going to be better for you that I'm going. And I doubt they believed that at first. They're thinking, no, what could be better than being with you? He said, uh, let me just read it. John 14, 16. John 14, 16. He said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another Comforter. Well, who's the comforter that they already had? Him. And this, the implication is one of the same kind. That he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive him. Why? You got to receive Jesus first. Y'all with me? And then you can be filled with the Spirit. Because it sees him not, neither knows him. Again, the natural man doesn't discern the things of God. But you know him, for he dwells with you. They had experienced the Spirit's presence being with Jesus, being in these meetings, seeing these healings and these miracles. But he's telling them there's more. He can not only be with you, he can be in you and that's why it's better I mean if you're one of the twelve and Peter is talking to Jesus right now you might have to wait till they get through for you to have your conversation or if Jesus is asleep or something else but if the spirit of the Lord is in you 24-7 doesn't get any better than that continual communion he said uh, you know him he dwells with you And he shall be in you. And that was before the Spirit had come and Jesus had raised from the dead. Now, for every believer, he is in us. Come on, say it out loud. He is is in me. me. Who's in you? The Holy Spirit. Verse uh, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. Verse 26, 
But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Now skip down to the 16th chapter, John 16 and 7, because you'll see how this goes hand in hand with 1 Corinthians 12. Because the 1 Corinthians 12 are the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He said, verse 7, Jesus said again, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Well, did he do it? Jesus departed. He was caught up. After he was raised from the dead, he was caught up. And on the day of Pentecost, the Comforter came. The Holy Spirit came, and he's been here ever since. For anybody who will receive him. He said, uh, if I depart, I'll send him to you. So he did, and he did. Verse 8, and when he is come, he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world, to the unbelievers, is different than his ministry to the believer. Here describes his ministry to the unbeliever. How did you become a believer? Thank God. When you heard the gospel, the Holy Spirit convinced you, convicted you of the truth of what you're hearing and of your lost condition and of your need for him. Didn't say he condemns them. That condemns not the right word. He reproves, and you'll find also that that includes the idea of convicting and convincing, not condemning. The world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that's not the rest of the sentence. Verse 9. Of sin. Why? Because they believed not on me. We do not need to argue with people. Unbelievers. About the specific sins in their life. That includes your relatives. And your neighbors. Somebody who doesn't even claim to be a believer. Who doesn't even acknowledge Jesus. There's no need in you talking to them about specific things in their life that sin. That's not their problem. What's the issue? Do you believe on Jesus? Have you received him? Because nobody will wind up in hell because of these different sins that people talk about. Lying, stealing, even murder, any of these things. Why? Jesus paid the price for all these sins. People would wind up lost, not because of specific things they did or didn't do, but because of not believing on Jesus. That's the thing to talk about. Right? Keep going. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. And then he talks about his ministry to us, the believers. Look at verse 13. How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he'll do what? He'll guide you into all truth. How will he do that? How would he guide us? How would you know he's guiding you? Because you come to know something. You come to know something that is his direction. 
Three of the manifestations revealed something. Come on, can you see this? A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning the spirits. Went on to say, he'll not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Are there manifestations that speak? There's tongues, different kinds of tongues. That's speaking. There's interpretation of tongues. That's speaking. There's prophecy. That's speaking. Come on, can you see what I'm talking about here? How does he do these things? He never changes. It's through these manifestations. And verse 14. Did I go too fast? Back up to verse 13. He'll guide you. He'll speak. And he'll do what? We just got through talking about what, what would one of those things be? A word of wisdom. Showing you something to come. And you'll find these manifestations are most often not as spectacular as people imagine them to be. If you pray and you endeavor by faith to follow the Lord and you continue to do that year after year, you'll come to the place later on where you'll look back and you'll realize that was a word of wisdom. That was a word of knowledge. That was a this. But at the time, you didn't know what you had. You didn't know what he gave you. You just knew what to do. You just had a quickening in your spirit to say something beyond what your normal faith, that special faith manifestation. And you'll find what the Lord told me some years ago. He said, Keith, I'm helping you a lot more than you know. And if we're praying and endeavoring to follow him, these kind of things are happening and people are not calling it this. Three of these reveal something. Reveal means you become aware of it and you know it. Three of them say something and three of them do something. I want you to say it out loud again. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He is manifesting himself in my life in these ways on a regular basis. Hallelujah. What ways are we talking about? A word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. Discerning the spirits. Gifts of healings. Working of miracles. Special faith. Kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. And prophecy. Shouldn't be something nobody knows something about in a place where your pages are stuck together in the Bible that everybody says has passed away. It's, it's how we live. And the more in tune with him and the more we pray and pray in the spirit and speak in the spirit and sing in the spirit, the more of these we will have. We won't always know which one it was if we're still learning in real green. We, you know, it won't be a drum roll and the Lord goes, here comes a word of knowledge. <laughs> it won't be like that. All at once, you just know something and you go, that's it. That's it. Well, how'd you know that? No human told you that. You didn't learn it. You didn't read it in the book. Where'd you get it? You just knew it. It's a revelation. You'll get a word of wisdom. Revelation about the future and the plan of God. This is not just for a few preachers. This is not just for a few 
so-called super spiritual people. This is for every believer. Isn't that what he said? It's given to each one to profit or benefit. We all need these things. And it's available to all of us. Say thank you, Lord. Said he will, uh, he'll show you things to come. Verse 14, he'll glorify me. He'll receive of mine. He'll show it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, said I, he will take of mine and do what? See, he keeps using that word. He's going to show it to you. He's going to show it to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to show you things. He's going to guide you. Come on, say it out loud. I know I'm having you say things, but you need to because I I can't believe this for you. Nobody else can believe this for you. If you believe it enough to say it with conviction, you're yielding to him already. Come on, say it out loud. The Spirit of God God reveals things to me. The Spirit of God speaks to me. He shows me things to come. He reveals to me. The rich things of God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is not just once every 10 years. This is how we live. And the more we draw near to him, the more we pray in the spirit, the more we learn to yield, it'll happen more and more and more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12, please. He said, to one's given a word of wisdom, to one, another is given a word of knowledge, according to the same spirit, keep going, to another faith in the same spirit, to another gifts of healings in the same spirit, to another in workings of mighty deeds, King James says, workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernings of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these does work the one and the self-same spirit dividing to each severally or individually as he intends. Dividing to who? Each Each of us. He's talking to the whole church. Each of us. Now there's so much here to talk about but if I get into it I won't get to the (laughs) we've covered eight of these and we're down to the ninth one tonight. We'll see how it goes. But uh, prophecy is the one we haven't spent much time on. So go to 1 Corinthians 14 now. For times, all this flows together. 12, 13, 14. But you know I can't read every verse without stopping and preaching about it and talking about it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just skip to chapter 14 and verse 1. 14.1. He said, pursue love and seek earnestly the spiritual things. Some three or four times through this passage, he tells us to desire them. Covet earnestly, the King James says. So it's not enough to be passive about this. You have to want these. And you have to have a stirring in your heart about it. And keep on, not just forget about it after two days. You have to want them. They have to be important to us. Pursue love and seek earnestly the spiritual things, rather that you may prophesy. So he places particular emphasis on prophecy. And you'll find that of the nine manifestations of the Spirit, that six of them he gives no instruction. 
No instruction for a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. None. No instruction for gifts of healings, working of miracles, or special faith. None. Why? They are not initiated by us. These six are not initiated by us. Now we can stay prayed up and ready, and if we'll yield, we'll have more than if we don't. But you can't just pray real hard and give yourself a word of knowledge. You can't just fast real long and give yourself a working of miracles. They're given as the Spirit wills. But he gives a whole chapter on the three that speak. And he doesn't on the other six. Why a whole chapter on different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy? Because we can initiate these. We can actually abuse these. If not, why do you need a whole chapter of instruction? If none of it's within your control. He's actually having to correct them about some things relative to tongues and interpretation and prophecy. And if this was only for the first generation of the church and it's all passed away, why do you need a whole chapter in the New Testament giving us instruction about it? Nah, the Spirit of God doesn't change. Let's keep reading. What do you and I need to know about tongues, interpretation, and prophecy? Verse 2. He who is speaking in a tongue is not speaking to men, but to God. Now, you'll find later in the passage, he says, he that prophesies greater than he that speaks in tongues, unless he interprets. And so that implies that every time he's talking about a tongue in this passage, he's talking about a tongue without an interpretation. So when you speak in a tongue, and some people will try to say, well, that just means I used to cuss, and now I got saved, and I speak in a new language. No, this is a tongue you don't understand. And nobody else understands what you're saying either. But you're not talking to men when you're talking in a tongue with no interpretation. Who are you talking to? Talking directly to God. And sometimes people say, well, what, what good does that do? <laughs> Talking to a bunch of gibberish, watch what you say. Watch what you're mocking. A lot of times if you don't understand something, it's good to just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right? <laughs> Read the scripture and it tells you right here. You're not speaking to men, but you're speaking to God. No one does hearken or understand, the King James says. In the spirit, he's speaking Secrets. Divinely inspired utterance. Speaking, praying, singing divine secrets. Now if you don't think that's valuable, I don't know how to help you. If God says this is important, our minds are so limited. We know so little. And by speaking in tongues, there's the ability to speak beyond your intellect, beyond your understanding. By the utterance of the greater one inside, you can say things exactly 
the way they should be said. You can pray things exactly the way they should be prayed. Romans X is one of our great weaknesses, weaknesses, infirmities, is that we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit helps us. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. How can you pray about the future? How can you pray about the plan of God that your head doesn't know? There's a way. God has given us, every one of us, a supernatural way. Praying out mysteries. Praying out divine secrets. Jude says, building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if this is new to you, don't throw it away. Just keep hanging around. Just keep listening. Just keep, you'll get it. It's not hard. It's not that it's so complicated or hard. The enemy fights you getting it. Because he knows what a powerful thing it is in the lives of those who yield. Verse 3. He who is prophesying is speaking to men. And he's speaking to edification and exhortation and comfort. Now we'll see this as we go. Prophesying does not make you a prophet. There is what we might call simple prophecy that is available to any believer. And this is, where'd you get that? It's right here in the chapter. We'll see it in a moment. But prophesying doesn't make you a prophet or a prophetess. Simple prophecy is what? Edification. That also means building up or strengthening. What else? Exhortation. That could also be translated encouragement. A calling to, an urging, exhorting. And and what else? Comfort. That's just what you think it means. Consolation. And the Holy Spirit is called what? The Comforter. What is prophecy? Prophecy is inspired utterance that quickens, that strengthens, that encourages, that comforts and consoles. Then the things I just described, there's no foretelling. I didn't mention anything about predicting the future. Did y'all hear that? In simple prophecy, there is no foretelling of future events. What would that be? Word of wisdom. So there could be a manifestation of word of wisdom in prophecy. But all prophecy is not going to contain that. It's kind of like coffee. What do you mean? Well, you've got coffee, just plain black coffee. Then you've got coffee with cream. Then you've got coffee with sugar. What do we call coffee with cream? Coffee. What do we call coffee with sugar? Coffee. What do we call coffee with cream and sugar? Coffee. Coffee. Somebody say good. (laughs) Don't we call it all coffee? If somebody said, what are you drinking? Especially in our days, you know, with Starbucks and everything else around, it could have 12 things in it, you know. But somebody said, what are you drinking? Coffee. Coffee. But some coffee has things in it that's in addition to the coffee. 
So there can be prophecy that's just plain prophecy, if you will. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. No foretelling, no future predicting, none of that. No prophet's ministry. And this is the kind of prophesying that any believer can and should do. Not trying to predict the future, not trying to be a prophet. Go with me to the book of Acts, please. I see you need some more scripture. Go to uh, Acts, the 21st chapter, and I'll read a couple of verses on our way there, but you go to 21 and 8. You'll find a little bit later in this 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he said, you may all prophesy. Have you read that before? For you may all prophesy one by one. Is that true or not? He also had said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. Did he say that? And so people that try to fight this, they just ignore plain scriptures. And, and it's not something you should fight. It's something you need. But don't, don't just shut down on it because you don't understand it. There's difference in manifestations. It's the same in essence, but it's different in ministry or in effect. And we divide these nine to understand them, but they work together. They flow together. And like I said, if you stay prayed up and follow the Lord, you could have a number of these manifestations happening in your life and you're not calling it that. You don't have to label it to get results. <laughs> you can have an amazing thing happen in your life and there can be seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit and you don't have a clue which one, where it started, where it ended. Somebody said, what happened? You said, God moved. <laughs> and that's good enough. Is that right? That's good. God moved. How do I know? Somebody got set free. Somebody got healed. Somebody got an answer. Is that right? Somebody got direction. But if you understood it and you examined it, you'd say, oh, that was a word of knowledge. That was a word of wisdom. That was prophecy there. That was this. It was the Spirit of God anointing and manifesting and speaking and revealing and working. Hallelujah. You talk about somebody that can do anything. Have you read the front of the book? Have you read the front of the book? In the beginning, the earth was what? Without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And guess who was there? The Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. Why? He's waiting on the word to be spoken. Oh, somebody say glory to God. He's waiting to hear light be. He's waiting to hear. you. And, and if he can do that, he can help you with your, your little life. Is that right? He can help you, your job. Is that right? Getting the kids ready. Driving the way. He can help, right? If he can do that, he can show you a thing or two. He can move. And really, in, in our life, He's just like that. He, he's here. Hovering. Inside us. Ready. Hallelujah. Ready to manifest in these nine different ways. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
In, in Acts 2, 17, he said, it was prophesied, in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Is that true? Didn't say just the prophets. Your kids. Your young men will see visions. What would that be? That's discerning of spirits. Your old men will dream dreams. Same kind of thing. On my servants and handmaidens I'll pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Are we living in these days? We should see these things. We should have these things. In Acts 19, when Paul laid hands on people to be filled with the spirit, it said, verse 6, when he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Why? Same spirit. Same flow. Both of these are inspired utterance. One is inspired utterance in a tongue, a language you don't know. The other is inspired utterance in a language you do know. Same flow. Just one known, one unknown to your head. Now in chapter 21, Acts 21 and 8, you'll see a a marked difference here. The next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven and abode or stayed with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did what? How many of them? All four of them. And these young ladies were probably not very old. And every one of them prophesied. They grew up in the house of an evangelist. <laughs> they grew up in the house where the spirit was. They were in services with daddy and mama. Saw God move. So it wasn't uncommon at all for them, any one of them, any one of the four, to break into prophecy. Begin to prophesy. Are we talking about predicting the future? Not necessarily. Are we talking about that they, all four of them were prophetesses? Didn't say that. What did it say? They prophesied. Who can prophesy in the New Testament, New Covenant Church? You may all prophesy, the Bible said, one by one. Now notice the very next verse, and there's no, this is not an accident that this is that way. As we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain what? Prophet. Prophet. <laughs> Named Agabus. Keep going. When he was come to us, he took Paul's girdle or belt, and he bound or tied up his own hands and feet, and he said, Thus says the Holy Spirit. Now this is different language than saying I perceive in my spirit this is the ministry of the prophet which is a different level of manifestation than the four daughters prophesying come on can you see this there's no reason to say those four girls were prophets or prophetesses they just were spiritual girls prophesying like any believer can This is another thing. Not everybody ministers in this office. He he was sent there by the Holy Spirit. He saw what he did to Paul. He saw that. That's how that ministry works. He saw himself take the man's belt. He saw himself tie. And he heard these words. So he said, this is not Agabus saying what he perceived. He's not trying to give the sense of something that he surmised in his spirit. Mm -mm. That's something any believer could have. He heard 
the Holy Spirit say these exact words. And he said it on the authority of the prophet's office. There, can you see there are different levels of these things? So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. This is one of the top ministries in the body of Christ, ministering to one of the top apostles in the church at that time. Come on, can you see this? Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Go back with me to 1 Corinthians 14. If I get to preaching on that, <laughs> we won't get to this. These things are rich, though, aren't they? Oh, my. Do we need to know these things? We do need to know these things. They're right here in the Bible. Verse 5. I wish you all to speak with tongues. Now, is this just Paul or is this the Holy Spirit through him talking to all of us? And more than that, that you may prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he who speaks with tongues. And don't leave off that next part. Except one interpret that the assembly may receive edification. Because if you interpret the tongue, that's the equivalent of the prophecy. Because the people understood what was said in the tongue, you get the same effect as if it was in a known tongue. Keep going. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak to you? And again, tongues without an interpretation. What shall I profit you unless I speak to you in a revelation? Knowledge, prophesying, teaching. Keep going. He said the things without life-giving sound, pipe or harp, if they don't give a distinction or difference, how shall it be known what's piped or what's harped? If an uncertain sound a trumpet may give, who will prepare himself for the battle? Nobody will. They don't know what they heard. So also you, if you threw a tongue, again, without interpretation, speech easily understood, you may not give. How shall that which is spoken be known? For you'll be speaking to the air. There are, may be so many kinds of voices or languages in the world, but none of them is unmeaning. They're all saying something. If I do not know the power of the voice, I shall be to him who's speaking a foreigner. He who is speaking is to me a foreigner. So you, since you're earnestly desirous of spiritual gifts for the building up of the assembly, seek that you may abound, not just for your own personal edification, he's saying, but for the edification of the whole group. Now again, how did the church at Corinth learn about speaking in tongues? It hadn't been that long ago that the Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, right? And... What happened there was a sign tongue. The scripture talks about different kinds of tongues. There are at least three I could mention right now. Sign tongue, ministry of tongues, and personal edification tongues. But they were trying to reproduce the sign tongue in their services. They were speaking in tongues, I guess hoping that people would hear it in their languages like happened on the day of Pentecost. But that's a sign tongue. And with no interpretation. He's having to correct them and say, no, no, that's not what you do. Keep reading. He, well, if you go back to the beginning, he said, when you speak in a tongue to God with no interpretation, you're building up yourself. But when you prophesy where people can understand it, it's building them up. He's wanting them to discern. It's okay to speak in tongues just between you and God. But you don't get up in the service and interrupt 
and hope that somebody understands what you're saying. (laughs) Wherefore he who's speaking in a tongue, let him pray that he may interpret. Would the Lord tell you to pray for something that it might not be his will for you to have? So we may all speak in tongues. We may all pray that we may interpret. We may all prophesy one by one. Now just hold on, I'm going to give you some further understanding of that. He said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit's praying. And my understanding's unfruitful. You don't understand what you're saying, but your spirit's praying. What is it then? I'll pray with the spirit. I'll pray with the understanding also. I'll sing psalms with the spirit. I'll sing psalms also with the understanding. Say that out loud for yourself. I will pray with the Spirit. And I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit. And I'll sing with the understanding. Now we know he's talking about speaking or praying or singing in other tongues that you don't understand. Because he said, you don't understand it. Nobody understands it. Keep going, verse 16. Since you may bless with the Spirit, he who's filling the place of the unlearned, how shall he say amen at your giving of thanks, since he doesn't know what you've you've said? Verse 17. You indeed do give thanks well, but the other's not built up. You can, all tongues are not prayer. I say it like that. Some tongues is praise and worship. Some tongues is giving of thanks. Tongues can be declarations affirmations. It's not all automatically prayer. And it's your spirit that's speaking by utterance of the Holy Spirit. He said, you do give thanks well, but the other's not built up. Keep going. I give thanks to my God more than you all with tongues. He said, I'm speaking. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than a whole bunch of you. And I'm going to know that's a lot of talking in tongues because he's having to correct them. Keep going. In the assembly, I wish to speak five words through my understanding that others also I may instruct rather than myriads of words in a tongue. But he's only talking about in the service. Keep going. Brethren, become not children in understanding, but in evil be babes in understanding become perfect. In the law it's been written, with other tongues and other lips I'll speak to this people. Not even so will they hear me, says the Lord. Does God still speak to us in other tongues? Yes, he does. Keep going. So tongues are for a sign. Now again, tongues without an interpretation. That people hear and understand in their own language, like on the day of Pentecost, that's a sign. And that's not for believers, but for unbelievers. And it still happens today. I've heard of a number of examples of this, that somebody spoke in tongues in a language they didn't understand and somebody did understand it. But that doesn't happen all the time. And you're not just trying to go out and and try it and see, you know, did you understand that? (laughs) No, just start off talking to them in language they understand. And uh, he said, uh, the prophecy is not for the unbelieving but for the believing. Keep going. If the whole assembly comes together, the same place, all of you speaking with tongues, again, without interpretation, and they come in unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you're mad or crazy? And if all prophesy, can all prophesy? What did it say? 
if all may prophesy and anyone may come in, an unbeliever unlearned, he's convicted by all, he's discerned by all, and so the secrets of his heart become manifest. Now these are other manifestations here, aren't they? This is word of knowledge. This is word of wisdom. These are other things. This is coffee with cream and sugar. (laughs) Having fallen upon his face, he will bow before God, declaring that God really is among you when there's inspired utterance. It's beyond us. We're saying things we don't know what we're talking about. But God knows. And people who are hearing it, it means something to them. And it's a reality to them of God being there. God being real, manifesting through through other believers. Keep going. What is it, brethren? Whenever you may come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, or has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Each of you, this is a spirit-filled church. Not just in label. When you pray in tongues at home, when you go through your day singing in tongues and worshiping God, you read your chapter every day, come on, are you all with me? And you're not just full of the world and junk, but you're full of the Spirit, you have something. You're getting things. Come on, can you see this? We're not talking about preachers, talking about believers. You got a psalm, you got a teaching, you got a tongue. You got a revelation, you got an interpretation. Let all of it be for building up. Keep going. If in unknown tongue anyone does speak by two or the most by three in turn and let one interpret. And this is talking about in the service. And if there's no interpreter, let him be silent in the assembly and speak to himself and to God. We even touched on Hannah, you know, prayed in her heart. Her lips moved, but she made no sound, but as a prayer God heard, and she conceived and bore a child. Well, you can pray in the Spirit and not make a sound. Is that right? You can. Speak to himself and to God. Keep going. And the prophets, let two or three speak, and let the others discern. Now, there's something something really important about these things. The gifts and manifestations of the Spirit in our life are not to draw attention to ourself. They're to glorify the Lord. And you're not the only one who has the Spirit. I don't care if you're a prophet has been walking with the Lord for 50 years. Somebody who really is spiritual, they know other people have the Spirit too. And spiritual people recognize the Spirit in each other. And here can you see this? Somebody is been a prophet, not just somebody prophesying, but a prophet's been speaking something. But somebody else, another prophet in the congregation got a revelation and they knew we need to stop and let that come out. Come on, sit out loud. I'm not the only one who has the Holy Spirit, who knows God. Who knows God. And this is one of the places where your elders are supposed to be a help to you and actually a safety net. As a young believer, there were a few things all along, you know, depending on what time of my life you're talking about, I thought was God that wasn't God. 
even thought there was scripture for it. But my elders had been there, had seen it, maybe even made some mistakes. And if we'll yield to our elders, they can help us. But if you get adamant and say, no, 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 God told me, what's your elders going to say? You got to watch the language that you use. Sometimes you just need to say, I think. I've been praying about this, and I keep getting this in my heart, and it seems to me like this. It doesn't hurt, though, to ask somebody that's got more experience than you. And I'm not talking about trying to get somebody else to lead you, but just acknowledging other people have the Spirit besides me. And especially your elders, whoever you're supposed to be under spiritually, especially do that. Keep going. If to another sitting something's revealed, let the first be silent. For you are able, one by one, all to prophesy. I told you. Is that what the scripture says? What the King James says, for you may all prophesy. I want you to say it out loud. We may all prophesy. prophesy. (laughs) That all may learn, that all may be exhorted. Keep going. And the spiritual gift of the prophets is to the prophets are subject. I know this doesn't read the easiest in the Young's literal, but it's accurate. And that's why we're reading it. But um, even a prophet cannot just say, I have to do it. God told me, and I have to do it. Now, the spirit of the prophets is subject to who? The prophets. And we need to show some humility that we don't know everything. I, I know Brother Hagen, some of my time around him, you're talking about somebody who, who had spiritual experiences. My, my, my. Multiple visitations by the head of the church. And this is how he would talk. When he got something, you should listen. But he'd say it like this. He'd say, I got this in my spirit, and now if it doesn't bear witness with you, just put it on the shelf. But you have the Holy Spirit. See if it bears witness with you, and he'd tell you what the Lord gave him. Now if a real prophet of God, who's seen the head of the church on multiple occasions, Walked with God at that time for 60-some years. Talks like that? How should you and I talk? When you see somebody that's so adamant and unteachable and and not open and pushy, that's a sign of of childishness and ignorance. Even what's in the prophets is subject to them, to the prophets. They can give it or not give it. Keep going. God's not a God of tumult, but of peace, as in all the assemblies of the saints. He talks about let everything be done decently and in order. How many understand the God who created the universe, who who keeps the planets in orbit? If the Spirit of God is moving, it's not going to be chaos, it's not going to be confusion. He's the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of grace. The other stuff is between flesh and mistakes. But just because we make a mistake, don't quit. Go with me to the book of Revelation in closing, I think. And I'm going to give you something that will help you with all of us being able to prophesy.
Revelation. I know I've given you a lot tonight, but I think you, you're taking it right on in. Revelation 19 and 10. So many of these things, a lack of understanding hinders people. I, I, you've heard my testimony. I grew up around Pentecostal church, and my grandmother spoke in tongues, and my mother spoke in tongues. But even after growing up in that as a child, as a young man, I didn't speak in tongues. I, I struggled to receive. I was, make, I was trying to make it overly spectacular. I was trying to put it all in God's hands instead of knowing what my part was. And the other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit are very similar. It's easy to over-spectacularize them. Prophecy is a good example. He said in Revelation 19.10, John saw these amazing things, and he fell at the angel's feet to worship him. And the angel said, see that you do it not. I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. A real angel of God will never allow you to worship them. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Did you hear that? Now you see testimony mentioned twice, the testimony of Jesus. Then he says, elaborating on that, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Say that out loud, please. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on, say it another couple of times. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. One more time. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If I pointed to one of you right now and I said, come up here and prophesy, what would a lot of people think? They'd think, <laughs> I'd, I don't know how. I'd, I can't. I mean, I'd, I don't have anything. What if I said, come up here and testify? Could you do that? Come up here and testify about what Jesus means to you, about what the Lord has done in your life. Now, if you came up and you said, I just want to tell what the Lord has done for me. In fact, I wrote it down and you read it. That's not prophecy. Do you hear me now? Something you planned, something you figured out. Mm -mm. But if you, not out of your head, but out of your heart, you begin to say, I just want to tell you what the Lord means to me. And you begin to share out of your heart, and it begins to flow, and there's an anointing on it, you're prophesying. It doesn't have to be any kind of prediction are talking about the future. If it's anointed, have you ever heard an anointed testimony? Yes. Have you? Yes. It wasn't somebody just rattling something off that they had planned on their mind. There was some anointing on it. Mm -hmm. They're prophesying. 
It's not coming out of their head. It's coming straight out of their spirit. And when it's really, when it's really inspired, there's something goes out over the crowd. It's a blessing. We could say someone. Well, can you initiate testifying? Yeah, you can. Which is why you may all prophesy. Simple prophecy is what? Speaking that which strengthens and builds up. Speaking that which encourages and exhorts. Speaking that which comforts and consoles. It doesn't have to have any kind of prediction. We're not talking about the prophet's ministry. It's anointed, inspired utterance that strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Does that sound like an anointed testimony to you? Yes. We must not over-spectacularize these things, but what we should do is exercise ourselves in them. Amen. You can go home right now, tonight, and prophesy in your bedroom, in your living room. You can lift up your voice and just begin to express, just like you're speaking in tongues, it's by faith, only you're not doing it in a language you don't know. You're doing it in a language you do know. And it takes a little more faith. Go to Romans, 12th chapter, and you'll see what we're talking about there. Say it out loud, you may all prophesy. You may all prophesy. One by one. Can you speak in tongues? Can you initiate speaking in tongues? That's inspired utterance in a... Uh, unknown tongue. Why couldn't you do it in an own tongue? It's the same flow. In Romans 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy how? According to what? Well, what's your faith got to do with it? You will prophesy to the degree of your faith. Just like you speak in tongues to the degree of your faith. The stronger your faith gets, the stronger and more anointed your prophecy will be. And your tongues. And your interpretation. So if it's not just the overwhelming anointing to start with, that's just because your faith is developing. But don't knock it. And don't quit. In the privacy of your own home, in the privacy of your own car, automobile, wherever. You can do it inside yourself. You can speak in tongues inside yourself. And a lot of times you can switch over into prophecy. You can go back and forth. It's the same flow. Utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okosnia etopania. There's a life, a high life that believers can live. There's a going in a message, there's a flow, there's a river, there's a fountain ever living. It comes up out of your belly. It flows through your mouth. It quickens. It heals. It strengthens. It reveals. Hallelujah. 
The Lord has won the battle and the Spirit has been given. And all that will yield to Him will experience revelation given. All who yield to Him will experience the quickening. It'll rise, it'll stir, it'll move you in Him. And you'll know what to do and you'll, in the Spirit, you'll swim. You'll move in the right way. You'll stop ere you make a mistake. You'll yield to the Holy One inside. And He'll give you your daily bread. He'll give you your move coming next. And you will exalt in victory after victory and answer after answer. And you'll say, oh, this is what I was made for. This is the life I was created to live, and I will live it from now on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. God. Can you prophesy? Can you speak in tongues? Can you initiate it? Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to be like somebody else. It doesn't have to be, you you don't have to be musical. It doesn't have to sound exactly like poetry. It just needs to come out of your heart. Not something pre-planned, not something mental, but something spiritual. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Begin to speak in tongues. Begin to express your heart to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm beke she ate on onko santa when teaching in bel on condo basso mendi bin de la junuto e foke kosha tawichi o te mane 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 hakaiti Elok sushushu, enda inteke, ite o non tan tan e kao e chie, e sikunam e finte kwe o lame en chie, i sheko, i sheko, i sheko, i sheko, i sheko, o sopina wala, imba antika ne intiche, o si, o si. Oh, see, oh, see, Mante, que well in Chichie, oh, say, my and de cone on tear. Hallelujah. Oh, co and teach oh, co and teach oh, co and teach Now, now, keep doing the same thing, but in your own known tongue. In your own known tongue, just speak by faith, just like you spoke in tongues. Oh, Lord, I praise you. Oh, God, I magnify your holy name. I worship and exalt you. I give praise and thanks. I yield to the Spirit within. I give place to Him. I yield my eyes to see what you show. I yield my ears to hear what you say. I yield my tongue to speak what you give. I yield my being to the Holy Spirit you've given. 
I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you worship. Come on, speak by faith. It's the, I know it's the beginning for many, but just do it by faith. Not something out of your head, but right out of your heart. Oh, Koe, I worship and I exalt and I extol your goodness. I give praise to the manifestations of your great Holy Spirit. I worship you in your wisdom. I exalt you, O great God. I thank you for the gifts given unto your church. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, and I give you all my praise. I thank you for the supernatural and for your amazing, amazing ways. I thank you for revelation, and I thank you for grace and power, and I thank you for inspired utterance and direction in every time of need and hour. Akewa Oshta Pena Lasa. I worship and praise. I thank and adore and I magnify you who are so good, so rich, so wonderful, so glorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord. 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 Tell me out loud, the scripture says, I would that you all spoke with other tongues. Is that right? Is that for you? He said, you may all prophesy one by one. Is that for you? Is that for you? Yes. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit with all. We're not supposed to have a dead, dull, mental church. We've got the Spirit of the living God living on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm not limited to my intellect. I'm not limited to my physical being. The greater one. Oh, somebody say the greater one. The greater one. The greater one lives inside me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We give you honor. We magnify your holy name. Oh, friend, if you'll do this, if you'll do the speaking in tongues and interpreting and prophesying, if you'll do this for an extended time, you'll find yourself in some places in God you've never been before. You'll find yourself seeing and hearing, knowing things you never have before. It's amazing. It's wonderful. The the world is so loud and there's so much going on and the enemy tries to keep you distracted all the time. Too busy for this. You'll find that there's always something trying to keep you from doing this. Spending time praying in the Spirit, speaking in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit. There'll be 50 things why you can't do it. Or why you don't want to. It's the enemy trying to keep you out of it. Because in this is light, guidance, quickening, power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. 
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.